ready? Are you amped? No, no, no. I love recording podcasts multiple times. Listen, this is this is episode 208-2.0. <laughs> and if this one if this recording messes up, I I don't know what to do. Like I just I won't know. Oh what my to god, do. we can go live tomorrow. That's a great idea. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we would need a dump button. Like the 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 7 second delay or whatever it's called. I can I can be clean. I'll be clean this whole episode. Yeah, right. You were the one potty mouthing it in the first recording. Okay. So let's get this show on the road. Okay. Um, we, we do have a lot to cover. We have a lot to cover. So first we're going to do our fun housekeeping stuff. And then we will be talking about restricted hunting areas, which we will term RHAs. Uh, three, two, one, go. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you are a first time podcast listener, we want to welcome you to the Cast and Blast Florida podcast. My name's Emily. This is my husband, Travis. Hi. We, we normally have another co-host named Nate Henderson. Um, he was not, um, contacted with enough notice to be present for this recording. And honestly, we're recording this very last minute because we had an important meeting this morning that we wanted to attend and then give you the latest updates on. So, um, Nate will hopefully be back next week with us, but that's, uh, who we are and why we're here today. We've been doing this podcast for how many years now? Almost five. <laughs> oh almost, almost five. We've grown old <laughs> together on this podcast. Wow. That's kind of sweet. Super sweet, right? So um, every week we look for new reviews from Apple Podcasts. iTunes reviews. Podcast reviews are my favorite thing. I always read them on the air. She will ridicule you if you write one. Only if you say something dumb. But in love. (laughs) She She will mark it up with for misspellings and everything else. One time we had a listener that went back and forth with me several weeks in a row that he was leaving podcast reviews because it was the only way he could communicate from prison. That was D wood nasty. <laughs> D wood nasty. His life is a travesty in a cell with no view, but he leaves a review. Did you just rap that? I have written a rap about it. Yes. But are you speaking of raps? Are you so excited about the Super Bowl? Oh my gosh. Everybody born in the 70s and 80s is excited about the Super Bowl. Really? Yes. I'm excited about the Super Bowl. Oh my gosh, it's got... But only for the halftime show. Oh yeah, no one cares about the football. No. Okay, we have Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, and Kendrick Lamar. That's an odd one. One of these things is not like the other. Yeah, because the others And it's not the white guy. The (laughs) the others are all ballers. Yeah, legends. Kendrick Lamar, he good, but... Mm. I don't know enough about Kendrick Lamar, but what I do know is the other four are baller. We don't need no hateration. <laughs> I know. Um, speaking of the Super Bowl Holleration halftime show. In this dancery. <laughs> Come on. Let's you- get it percolating <laughs> while you're waiting. Listen. I, oh, knew I, could bait her. I knew I could bait her into Mary J. Blige. Listen, we have to we have to follow this thread because you pulled on it. Uh, Super Bowl halftime show is critical and I'm going to tell you about another way that you can interact with us not just in the podcast we have a Facebook group called cast and blast Florida dash the group the group but there's not the word and it's the little symbol for and because because I am a marketing genius he had to make the name as (laughs) cryptic as possible so go to Facebook and search cast ampersand blast Florida dash the group and please answer the questions join us online because Super Bowl Sunday is the best day to be a part of that group can we just explain how that works we will create one thread and we will pin it to the top of the page. We will say this is the Super Bowl commercial thread. Yeah. And we'll or cr- something We'll create better. it, you know, late afternoon, 4.30, 5 o'clock, a little bit before the game. And then that thread will become like its own version of Twitter. 
Yeah, it's where we discuss the game, the commercials, mostly the commercials, mostly the halftime show. Yeah, like, but it will just become, it takes on a life of its own every year. It, it, it's my favorite. How many comments did we get last year? I don't know, five or six hundred, yeah. seven hundred. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a goat rodeo. People comment, they read like the previous three comments and they make a comment. Then it's just. It's the, the most fun. It almost breaks Facebook. Um, yeah, the comments never load fast enough, but here's what I'm going to do guys, because it's so much fun. And now it's like a legend in our group. The funniest comment will get a hat. No. I'm going to give them a hat from our hat collection. Better. I'll, I'll do you one better. Oh, all right. We are launching all Florida, the, 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 uh, nonprofit that does advocacy work. Okay. So we're launching all Florida. And today I placed the order for the first batch of all Florida shirts. Oh my. So Atlanta. whichever comment you pick, will get. You're picking it, right? Yeah, I'm the judge and jury, so entertain me. Okay. Whoever you pick will get their choice and size of the brand new All Florida shirt, which is going to be a long sleeve, like dry fit shirt. Oh, those are so cool. It's so cool. So they'll get that and a hat. Oh, you're giving them a hat too? Yeah, that was my my thing. That was my thing was a hat. Dang, are you made of money? Are we just selling off the Cast and Blast Empire? I can afford hats right now because they're on sale. Hats are on sale. Go to castandblastfl.com and click on the store link and you can buy hats for really cheap. Like 15 bucks out the door. Sh- that's shipping included. Yeah. We're just trying to get rid of some inventory so we can have new inventory. Yeah. And some of those hats ladies have like the second ponytail hole on the top and they're pretty cute. I, I actually really like the designs. There's like teal, but really pretty you teal. You have a funny head. There's a black camo. I I, I am funny and I have a funny head. Those are both true. Yeah. It made for really great middle school years. Um, that's what she said. Listen, the Super Bowl ain't the only thing happening this weekend. It's not. Mm-mm. Oh, I don't want to talk about the other thing. The other thing. I don't know. The other I thing. I do not want to talk about the other thing. The other thing is that is youth <sighs> youth weekend for the duck hunters. And it is our son's last youth hunt because no, he's 15. I don't want to acknowledge that. I don't want to discuss it. I don't want. I'm I'm not ready to talk about that right oh, now. Oh man! So it's really the end of a little end of an era for us. He's our last baby at home who duck hunts. Listen, I, so I gave him a choice. We could go anywhere. I was like, I could talk to Matt. We could maybe go do a private ranch hunt. Like me and you and seven thousand acres of ducks. Like let, we we can do whatever you want. We can go to the coast and hunt divers. We could go to Merritt Island. We could go to the STAs. We could go anywhere you want. And he said, Dad, I really think I want to go to name redacted lake <laughs> and hunt with ducks and i was like okay i can get behind that so sweet like, like that's cool I, I can get behind that that's a cool idea so, yeah i like that it's a local hunt i think he's really excited about um hunting wood ducks i think he's really excited about breakfast <laughs> <laughs> that boy can eat yeah because all bets are off when you put that kid at a breakfast table um that's not the only cool thing happening this weekend on saturday though. no also on saturday i won't be able to make it because it's always on youth weekend but um, it's the annual state taxidermy convention. So that's in Gainesville at the Best Western. Uh, make sure to go. If you're in the area, it's a cool event. I used to take my kids all the time when they were little. Not little, but three, four, younger. five years ago. Yeah, when they were younger. And um, it's so cool. You'll see so much stuff there. You'll see, Obviously, Landon will be there. Landon Blankenship. Um, between 1 and one thirty on Saturday, you can actually vote for your favorite pieces. So please vote for Landon's. If you don't want to vote for Landon's, vote for Amanda's or Zach's, like one of our, our people in our group, Amanda Bottenberg with Martian or Zach Sieg, Zach Sieg Taxidermy. Uh, Mike Bizell will, will be there, I'm sure, of Blackwing Turkeys. Um, 
just it's really cool. It's not just ducks. It's not just birds. Like it's all taxidermy. So it's a, it's a really cool. It's like walking around in a museum for a little while. It is. Yeah, it's a very cool event. Um, I used to go. Landon's all the time. a good friend. So. It, it used to be held in Lakeland too, so I could do the youth hunt and then go to the event. And then uh, the year before COVID, they moved it to Gainesville, which is easier for him because he's in Ocala. Zach's in Ocala. I don't know about Amanda. I think she's in Fort Pierce, so it's a haul for her. But anyway, uh, make sure to check that out. Make sure to give one of our people a vote. We have one more thing. Um, I got caught up with Tiffany Tiffany Sanders. Sanders. <laughs> Blanked on that. I can't believe I remember her name and you didn't. I know because I remember oh, everyone's name all the time. Anyway, I caught up with Tiffany Sanders this week and I'm going to drop in an interview with her right here to talk about the mud run. Hey, Tiffany, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Tiff, do we, can we call you Tiff? Like, I feel like I know you well enough at this point to call you Tiff. You can absolutely. Most people know me as Tiff, so that will go over well. Um, so, we we asked you to join us. I, I almost feel like remiss that we can't talk about when when you and CW and me and Harry had dinner with your kids at some <laughs> kind of like. How would you even describe that? It was like some kind of. Um, it was a club for sixty five and above. A rocking club it, for sixty five and above only. In the back of a of a RV park before it, it was yes. incredible. It was incredible. It's all you need to know. With a banjo, with a banjo, yeah. that's important. <laughs> a banjo and a fiddle. <laughs> yes. um, Tiff and I have got to know each other. Her and her husband CW have been part of Cast and Blast for a long time, and um, they've come and hunted with us a couple of times, and we got to spend some time with them and their kids. Anyway, um, you guys have taken on kind of Adam Mobley's role with the Orange Lake Mud Run this year. Is that right? Right, right. Yeah, he just had some situations that were going to take him away. And so, you know, we offered to kind of step in and help finish it out for him. So tell us about the mud run. What is a mud run? Okay. So basically, it's it's a mud run means that all mud boats and airboats are invited. So anyone who has a mud boat, anyone who has an airboat, I failed to mention that some before. So I'm going to make sure that airboat owners understand this. But basically, it's the same idea as a poker run that some of the bikers do, but it's done out at Orange Lake. So your uh, ticket fee, your $25 uh, fee will afford you an opportunity into the pot. So you will go out, there will be these preset stations where there will be boats waiting. You'll get to ride Orange Lake and see all the beauty of it. And then you'll hit these stations, collect your cards. And at the end, whoever has the best hand will get um, to split the, it's a 40, 40, 20 pot um, for, you know, there'll be a cash prize. So awesome. So so basically, tell me about like the admission fees to this deal. Okay, yeah. So it's $25 a person, but if you get online, there are some discounts. For instance, there's like a there's a like a boat fee where I think I believe it's $60 for the boat. So if you had, you know, three people, then that's a discount, obviously. Um, and then there are some other different options, too, if you wanted to get more involved with Tin Can. That is all included on the link on our Facebook page. So the Facebook page for the mud run is actually titled orange lake poker slash mud run and um, if you find that on facebook that has a little more detail it has the link to register it has the actual address of the marjorie kennan rawlings boat ramp we'll, we'll that's where we'll start and that's where we'll end up and eat and all that good stuff but the big thing that i want to make sure people know that even if you don't have a mud boat or an airboat you totally can come out you can enter into the raffles. You can pay 10 bucks for a lunch ticket. Um, I believe the rumor is it's going to be gator gumbo. It's supposed to be great. Um, so you don't ha actually have to have a mud boat or an airboat to come and be a part of it. 
So, okay, that's that's awesome. Um, and all the proceeds, so part of it goes to the pot, but mm-hmm. um, part of it is also benefiting a charity that's near and dear to your heart. Yes, yes. So Tin Can Incorporated is a, a a nonprofit in the state of, it's actually national, so there's Florida Can, there's a separate chapter of it. But basically what they do is they provide outdoor adventures for military and first responders. Um, I actually was able to be a part of one of these hunts over the weekend. We did a military duck hunt over the weekend and CW and I actually got to go and guide, which was a blast. I've never done anything like that before. It was very interesting to stand in the boat and watch the ducks come in and not have a gun in my hand and be so excited and see the looks on on these guys' faces. And we had a bunch of new duck hunters, a bunch of first-time duck ever, so it was really cool. But this particular mud run that we're having out at Orange Lake is specifically going towards the gator adventures that they're hosting for military um, and first responders. So, yeah, I'm looking at the Facebook page. It says last year, 88 volunteers took 133 hunters on 126 mm-hmm. gator hunts. Yes, um, they drove yes, 7,000 awesome. miles, 661 hours <laughs> in the state of Florida. I yeah. mean, that's it's significant. So, this is mm-hmm. a cool way to spend a Saturday, have a good time. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I mean, we're a month out, roughly th- th- three weeks out. I think. Hopefully, the yeah. weather will be cooperative. But yes, y- you guys will run rain or shine. Barring like Absolutely. really, really. I mean, yeah, unless it's like a hurricane or something, this yeah. time of year would be crazy. But, you know, I mean, we're mud boat and airboat people. I mean, we run in the bad stuff. So what's that to us? <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, if <laughs> someone wants, if someone's not interested in racing in their mud boats, like, is it easy? Are, are the, are the trails easily marked or are they easy to navigate if you know what you're doing or do you need to go with some, like, how does that work? I would just... Because it can be unpredictable and because the the very nature of Orange Lake, um, it, it's a, a floating tuft <laughs> lake. So it, the whole top, you know, topography can change. So we're going to run it ahead of time to kind of get an idea of what's going on out there. It's not a place I would suggest running if you don't know it well. Okay. But the big important thing that I, I keep trying to stress to everyone is if you are bringing a, a boat, please bring your boat flags because there's a lot of tall grass out there and it's very difficult. It, you know, it's very easy for a mud boat to get run over by an airboat if, if they can't see you coming down the trail. So uh, that was great for safety, but also I, in my experience with mud runs, usually you can find someone that's done it before that is willing mm-hmm. to let you follow them and is, is not so much worried about the raffle or anything else. The money's going to oh, a good cause. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, if you're, if you're actually a part of the mud run, I'm misunderstood you i thought you meant like should you venture out on your own no it's going to be there's going to be enough boats there that you just be able to follow okay, that's how perfect. it usually happens you're just following the person in front of you if you've never been there yeah absolutely and that will be safe can't believe we're to this point and i have not asked this yet but when is it oh it's saturday march 5th starts at 9 30 we're hoping to wrap up at 3 p.m okay. lunch will be about noon as as usual is, so. is if i'm remembering right there's a pavilion there there is. There's a pavilion. There is a bathroom with running water, all that good, you know, all the luxuries. So, <laughs> The best thing about a mud run is you will see uh, bunches of guys. You will see families mm-hmm. out there. You'll see dads yeah. and kids. You'll this see moms family. and kids. Yeah, this like, is family. Yeah, family friendly for sure. This is family friendly. Well, Tiff, thank you guys so much because you and CW and, and Sid, I think, from Fast Duck are all kind of mm-hmm. like heading this up. So um, thank you yeah. guys all mo- so much for kind of taking that oh, on. Oh, go ahead. One big thing. Yeah, I just wanted to, the raffle prizes. So there are a great 
there's a great set of raffle prizes. We've got everything from from mud boat, mud boat exhaust from Stainless Works and Backwater Performance to inshore fishing trips, guided hog hunts, guided turkey hunts. We have decoys from the Real Decoy Duck Company, um, frog gigging gear sets. We've got tons of raffle prizes, so it's some good stuff. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for doing this. Thank you for taking a few minutes and coming on and telling us about it. And good luck. We hope to see everybody out there on March the 5th at 930. Thank you for it being 930 Absolutely. and not 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah, we'll give you a break. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tiffany. Thank you so much. Y'all be good. Okay, thank you. Bye. Em, how do you feel about mud runs? Um, I'm, I'm supportive of them. You are. I am cautious of them, though. Why? Um... The weather's usually not great this time of year for them. It's just kind of cold. You don't like cold. You don't like mud. I don't like cold on a moving boat. No, it's freezing. Yeah. And we are at this at this moment, we're not sure that we'll be at the mud run, but we are going to attempt to be at the mud run. We did have some previously scheduled items that, so, that time. So, yes. But uh, we, we may move that around. We're not quite sure if we can yet. Um, one more thing before we get into restricted hunting areas. Is it right? Are you done with your list? Yep. Okay. The other thing we have to talk about is the greatest, is he the greatest insurance agent in the history of the world? I mean, there's a legend that he is. I, that's not even a thing that's up for debate, right? No. Hallett Insurance, Fletcher Hallett, 904-315-5812. I heard that he gives local firefighters a break and spends his time rescuing kittens out of trees. Really? That's what I heard. I, I find that believable because... Fletcher Hallett is like salt of the earth, dude. I talked to him two or three times this week about restricted hunting areas, about advocacy stuff, about youth hunts, about like, he's just the real deal. He's informed and he's active. He's a, he's a great uh, insurance agent too. So like if you have a duck boat or a fishing boat, um, your truck, your shed, small business, your house, whatever, this is the time of year to shop that stuff. You know, Large you're business. like, Get your tax returns back. You're looking at your budgets. You're setting yourself up for the year. Give Fletcher a call. See if he can save you a little bit of money every month. 904-315-5812. Or you can send him an email. Fhallett at HallettInns.com. How would you know how to spell Hallett, Emily? I'll tell you, Travis. Double the L's and double the T's. Hallett for all your insurance needs. Yeah. That was a banger. That jingle jingle is a banger. It's not Mary J. Blige, but it's, it's okay for this show. It was close. It was really close. Um. So where do we even begin? I Let me help you set the scene for this. Okay. Um, I just want to make sure, like, I feel like we're going to have some new listeners this week. So uh, RHAs or restricted hunting areas, as we'll call, we'll interchangeably use those terms, um, have been on our radar for years. Uh, in this past calendar year, we have been extremely active with RHAs. And there are a lot of podcast episodes where you can go back and get yourself educated. You can go to castandblastfl.com and search restricted hunting area or RHA. And those episodes will pop up and you can go listen to them. We can't go back <laughs> and get all this done in an hour uh, and teach you about all of the things and all of the reasons and all of the public trust and the doctrines and all the things. So Please go get educated on those and, and take the time. It's it's cool stuff anyway. Um, but the reason that we're talking about them again today is because they've popped up uh, in Florida and actually in our backyard uh, in a neighboring city of Lakeland, Florida. So over the past three weeks, there's been a little bit of a ramp up. <laughs> to so some folks hunted. We'll, we'll go ahead and name the lake because it's named in the ledger. But some folks are new, local newspaper. That's the yeah the Lakeland Ledger's local newspaper. Um, which, so Lake Lake Parker, some, some guys hunted on Lake Parker 
and um, absolutely destroyed the black belly whistling ducks. <laughs> they had some great hunts. Um, but the ledger, at the behest of a noisy local resident, the ledger decided to write an article about this. And I, I will get amped in this episode. Like, uh, you, you don't hear me get amped very often, but I will get amped in this episode. So the ledger decided to write an article about this. Not a casual, friendly article wherein they interviewed duck hunters. No, 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 no. A article that was pro-restricted hunting area and was written by interviewing the only duck hunter in the state that is pro-restricted hunting area, and then multiple homeowners in the city of Lakeland. There was no contact made to any of the hunters that participated in the hunt. There was no contact made to any of the NGOs or organizations that opposed the restricted hunting area or had you know, legions of podcasts and folks show up at these meetings to discuss it. And I'm just like, Ooh. Yeah. Travis pretty amped. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to walk him through it. Um, really quick. Uh, so what a restricting hunting, hunting area is without going through too much detail is, uh, a thought, a concept, a theory that people that live around lakes will be a little bit more accepting of hunting. If we are a certain distance from their homes, when we hunt, um, that's like in a nutshell. Okay. I know, I know it's crap and I, I know you don't believe it, but I'm just trying to give people like a fair baseline to go off of. Yeah. Um, part of the issue with that is that as you try to incorporate a distance rule in hunting, it drives duck hunters on top of one another and not necessarily near ducks. Um, also Florida has no distance rules. Like, yeah, we don't, they don't, they're kind of redundant. There's with existing duck law. Florida has laws. Florida has most states have a gun law that says you can't fire a firearm within X distance of a house. Not mm-hmm. just talking about hunting, like in general, it's a firearm law. Mm-hmm. Florida does not have that law. Florida's firearm law says you can discharge I'm paraphrasing anywhere as long as you do it in a safe way. Like and as long as it's not prohibited. So like you can't go to your kid's soccer park, which is owned by whoever owns the soccer park and discharge a firearm, but you can go to any public water body and shoot. You, you, you can go, we've talked about restricted hunting areas before, but you can go to a restricted hunting area and shoot clays. You can go out there and take your pistol and target shoot at lily pads if you want to, but a restricted hunting area would prohibit you from hunting waterfowl. Oh yeah, that's right. It's just, it's only restrictive towards duck hunters. Yes. You can still <laughs> alligator hunt there. You could still archery hunt there. You just could not hunt waterfowls there. Okay. Waterfowl. So, uh, one, the thing I want to start with is just pointing out that, um, and you can go Google this. Travis Thompson from Cast and Blast Florida podcast has an existing relationship with the Lakeland Ledger newspaper, specifically two of the reporters there. One of the reporters there. Ian. Ian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ian, the what, outdoor editor, the outdoor editor, he was contacted about this story by another reporter and Ian did not bring Travis's name into the people who should have been um, like questioned about the story no, or not given, just, a, not given just my name. He didn't bring Delta Waterfowl. He didn't bring Safari Club. He didn't bring Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. He didn't bring Representative Gregory or Shof. Like there were a whole lot of people. If you're an outdoor editor of a newspaper, you should be aware of what has transpired with your outdoor agency in the past year in your own state. Yeah. Like this is not, this is not secretive. Yeah. In those, in those, in two commission meetings where this was discussed, 
43 speakers or 40 speakers or something showed up and spoke against it. One spoke for it. Guess who the outdoor editor of the Lakeland Ledger sent the writer to? Okay, so let me clean that up a little bit because, um, again, Travis is pretty amped. So the, the commission meetings he just referenced were FWC commission meetings where people from all over the state of Florida came together to go speak in opposition of restricted hunting areas. Uh, the local Ledger um, people, Ian, whenever he was asked for someone from the duck hunting community to give a comment on this article, he sent his reporter to talk to the only organization that is for RHAs in the state of Florida. And in a previous column, that same outdoor editor had shared that he was pro RHA. Right. So you can see how we could paint a picture of someone having an agenda and not wanting to present a fair story in their newspaper. This was not a fair story. This was I know a that you think story. that. I'm just laying out why you think that. Yeah. Because you're pretty amped. Uh, yeah, I am amped because it was a garbage story because it, they didn't. Did I find the hunters? Yes. Travis found the hunters within five minutes of being made aware of the situation. Did, did I find officers that were there? He did. He spoke to two of the officers. Like how, how hard is like none did of, they miss none that of, day in journalism of, school? None of whom were included or quoted in the article. Right. But did they, did they miss that day in journalism school? But well, I mean, I'm drawing the line that they didn't want their input. If you Google restricted hunting areas, it's a pretty easy line to draw. If you Google restricted hunting areas, Florida, you get the FWC page like two or three times. The fourth results you get is Congressional Sportsman's Foundation and the letter that was signed on by so many organizations last year. It's the fourth result you get. You could have picked up the phone and called John Kulklisher. You could have picked up the phone and called Mark Lance. Their numbers are on the freaking website. You could have reached out to us. We live in Polk County. I'm a freaking Ledger subscriber. You just got on to me about it. <laughs> I did. I told him to take us off. Yeah. You just got on to me about it like two weeks ago. You're like, do you read the Ledger every day? And I was like, no, but I kind of like to subscribe to it for local news. Oh my gosh. So so that was like um, offensive on a number of levels that the right people were not uh, interviewed for the article to give a fair representation of everyone involved in the situation and even more insulting that they didn't send anybody over our way to help connect to the people who should have been uh, included in the article because you are the connector of all those people. Yeah. I don't want to make that about me. I just, I, I'll make it about you because it's true. So that was like, there's a team unfair out there, representation. There's a team out there that is strongly opposed to restricted hunting areas. They have made it very apparent. They have shown up time and again, and they have sent letters time and again. And those letters totaled a representation of about 6 million stakeholders. This is not a casual thing. This is not, oh, the hunting groups are evenly split as the ledger quoted a, the one person that supports RHAs as the ledger quoted that person. This is not that. And I can't believe no one thought to clean that up. And they're okay oh, with it. Can I tell you the thing that sent me over the edge is when the person that was quoted in the Ledger article said in our Facebook group, I hope the article quoted me right. I haven't even looked at it. Yeah. He doesn't even have a subscription to the nope. freaking newspaper because he doesn't live here. Yep. <laughs> oh, my Lanta. That same person said, I am not in favor of restrictions, but I am in favor of the new rule called restricted hunting areas yeah way to go ledger yeah casual casual understanding of the right. english language is not so the article was a hatchet job on hunters what else so we went to a committee the article came out on saturday saturday morning above the fold with a giant picture of a duck yeah uh duck hunting rattles residents or something to that effect was the title of the article mm -hmm. again no duck hunters that were present were interviewed no duck hunters from polk county were interviewed 
the in the article there's an interview with the mayor and there is an interview with homeowners who indicate that they will take this up with the Lakeland City Commission at the next meeting which occurred today Monday two days after the article came out over a weekend at 9 a.m mm-hmm. on a Monday at 9 a.m so, so in 36 hours we had to get people to show up to speak on behalf of hunters. Oh my gosh. This like that's the maddest I've ever been in a meeting was walking into that room. I don't think I've spoken at spray meetings, I've spoken at commission meetings, I've spoken all over the state at different things. I've spoken to groups of people. I've done public speaking like most of my life. I was shaking at the podium at that meeting because I was so amped. Can I tell you why? Please. Because what happened here was on the last day, on the last day of the season, two groups went to the same spot to hunt that did not know each other. Mm-hmm. And so they merged their hunt together, which is a smart thing to do. We've told people to do that before. Like, don't run traffic on each other. Get together. Right. Two groups got together and they hunted together. So there were nine guys. Two other occasions, people have hunted that spot. I don't know how many people hunted, but let's say three people per day. Okay. So that's six other hunters plus nine hunters is 15 hunting opportunities in 15 hunting opportunities spread over three weeks. All 15 hunters were at some point spoken to by law enforcement officers. All 15 hunters at some point were yelled at by residents on at least one occasion. An air horn was used to disrupt their hunt by a resident by a resident. And an officer witnessed it. No one has fired anything across the property line. No one has broken a single law on the duck hunting side. And now we're having a conversation about what can we change to make this better for everyone. And I'll tell you what we could change is the way we tell people to sit down and shut the hell up because this lady has no, she has no standing in this. She's using law enforcement to harass hunters. I know that's not how the statute is defined. I'm not, I'm not blaming law enforcement at all. I'm, I'm really not. But at the end of the day, she is using law enforcement to harass hunters. So, I, I, oh, this, this it was suggested in the commission meeting today that maybe you should go to the other side of the lake and hunt. Where the ducks aren't. Correct. What should drive where you hunt is where houses are, not where ducks are. That is how we are treating hunting. And then they said, this is not about anti-hunting or anti-guns. I'm like, this is the only two things it can be about. You are either anti-hunting or you are anti-gun. You're one of those two things if you want to make a change to move forward on this because they did everything legal. If they were skateboarding, you would say, oh, no, ma'am, you can't stop them from skateboarding. If they are kayaking, you would say, oh, no, ma'am, you can't stop them from kayaking. If they were fishing, you would say, oh, no, ma'am, you can't stop them from fishing. But because there was a gun involved, we're going to make this either about guns or about you can't shoot animals. It's one of those two things. Oh, the lady, the lady, the concerned citizen. Oh, first of all, let me just pause right here and say the entire commission meeting is available online. We will link it in the show notes. We already have it linked in the group. And this discussion starts about an hour and 48 minutes in. Um, the woman does come up and present her case. And she says specifically that all of the homeowners and the community around this part of the lake are at risk because of the hunting that takes place there. The end. The end, right. So it's about perceived safety uh, on her, from her perspective. And again, that's not... Perceived safety is really interesting, right? Because there are people who ride motorcycles without helmets. 
and that's legal, but they're obviously not any safer or they're, they're less safe than someone in a car. Right. But perceived safety is all about your perception. It's very uh, subjective. Perceived safety has nothing to do with hunting. It has to do with what? Guns. Exactly. So the perception is that because that person has a gun, they're going to snipe me across the lake. Yeah. They're going to turn around and shoot me at my house. That's that is perceived safety, which is a thousand percent. Hello, NRA. Hello, NSSF. It's a thousand percent an anti-gun stance. In a state with 790.15 and Marion Hammer roaming around, that's an anti-gun stance. I'm sorry. It's an anti-gun stance. So if I'm the city commission of Lakeland, I'm either going to come out of this because I'm going to make damn sure you come out of it labeled as anti-hunting or you're going to come out of it labeled as anti-gun. If, if there's any concession moved to restrict any manner of hunting. Those are the two things that you are. So another interesting point to this is... Um, Florida is different than any other state right now because the amount of people moving into Florida every single day. Do you have that? A thousand people a day, roughly 900 people a day. Everybody comes here. The weather's beautiful and they all want to live near water around water. And we have no state income tax and we have no state income tax. So, um, really the word I want to make sure you hear if you're listening from out of state or you're listening in state and you have children is precedent because these are the little battles where precedent can be set and then we can lose our right to hunt all over the state. Because right now, even the commissioners in this meeting, they said, can't you just go hunt somewhere else? And we can we can also bring um, socioeconomic status into this discussion because they all make substantially more money than a lot of the average people, you know, around Polk County. Do. Presumably. I don't know where they get right. paid. Right. So like even one of the commissioners said, well, I go up to Apalachicola Bay when I want to hunt. Okay, cool. What if I can't afford to do that? Right. What if I just need to go hunt in the lake by my house that happens to be surrounded by houses because... People moved here. <laughs> right. I, I mean, why do I have to stop doing my thing? It, it's the most insane thing to me. Like the, the fact that we're having this conversation over and over and over again is the most insane thing to me. And it's insane to me that the state agency entrusted with the wildlife can't simply say, because they can, they're empowered by the constitution to say what I'm about to say, but they're allowed to hunt on state waters. The end. Yep. That is what they should say. They asked me today, one of their representatives asked me, what would you like to have happen? I would like for you to stand up and say, hunters are allowed to hunt on state waters, the end. If they turn around and shoot your house, prosecute them under 790.15. Sure. Law enforcement will be out to arrest them. Guess what? It's not going to be FWC that comes out and arrest them if they turn around and shoot a house. It's going to be the local police department. This is mind-boggling in how simple it should be, but how complex we make it because we all want to heal the feelings of people that don't understand what they're talking about. And I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I, I Oh, I am. I am hot. Yeah. I'm, I'm hot because this was created by hunters and it was created by a wildlife agency and it was created by this woman wasn't cited. Exactly. So now we're to the, the third thing I want to bring up, which is, what should have been done? What action was not taken? And, and we weren't there. We are we are pro-law enforcement. We're pro-FWC law enforcement in particular. Like, we have a lot of friends that are FWC officers. Although they don't make it easy. <laughs> they do, but the, we weren't there that morning. We don't know how it unfolded. Like, we didn't see what they saw. And I think you have to trust the person in the room. But, man... Not citing this woman for hunter harassment. She called law enforcement three weekends in a row on people legally acting. She also blew an air horn to disrupt the ducks. 
to make the hunt fail with a law enforcement present. Yeah. Um, and was not cited. That was not necessarily an FWC officer and was not cited. And I believe the, the reasoning behind not citing her is, well, we didn't witness the harassment happen. So because of the way it is as a misdemeanor, we can't write that without it. Okay. If that's the case, you guys need to stop talking about RHAs. Just, just stop. Just the agency, the commission need to stop talking about RHAs and you need to go figure out how to fix that thing. That is the thing you need to work on. How can we write people that are harassing hunters and fishermen? Solve that problem and then let's have an RHA discussion. Yeah. Let's put this in the right order. Yeah. So, so back to the precedence issue, um, you know, Florida is the first state that's sort of filling up with people and we're losing habitat and huntable places, but we won't be the last. So I really hope that, you know, we do have listeners all across this nation. We have listeners in Canada and all over the world. Um, I hope you sit up a little bit straighter and pay attention. And I hope that you're willing to support, uh, us and our team as we fight against this because it's coming for you. It's coming for us. It's happening right in our backyard. And just as soon as one gets passed, they're going to start popping up all over the place. Yeah. It's, it's dominoes and that's at that it. point. Um, I, I will, I would like to walk back some of my comments or not walk back my comments, but I would like to say two more things strike me. One, you mentioned the, um, the, the not, I won't say the wealth, but the affluence of people that are able to say, well, why don't you go hunt somewhere else? I think that's a conversation that needs to happen at a broader level. And I don't want to be reductive to anything. I do not want to be reductive to anything, but at the end of the day, we don't have good diversity in hunting. I've made comments to the commission about this in December. Like we do not do well at diverse. Everyone in hunting looks like me. They're a white male. Mm -hmm. Um, we have worked very hard to start to try to make inroads in that. One of the biggest obstacles to hunting is access. That's, that's probably the biggest obstacle to hunting is access. So let's, let's play this out. When I grew up, you could go to the local, I, we grew up in central Florida, Polk County. There were pine flats everywhere with palmettos. You could go hunt quail or rabbits. You could go after school and shoot doves. Like it was not hard to go hunting. You could go just about anywhere. Now you have to go to like a WMA unless you're waterfowl hunting waterfowl hunting. You can hunt on basically any public lake, mm -hmm. any, any lake with a, a public access. So because of that, if you had a kayak, you could go hunt. If you had a canoe, you could go hunt. There's places you could walk in and go hunt. Waterfowl hunting is a pretty easy entry in that you don't need all the fancy stuff that we talk about all the time. You don't have to have the Sitka jacket and everything else. You need a green shirt. You need some cattails. And you need a shotgun. And at that point, you might can go shoot some ducks. Earliest memories of so many people are of going hunting on the local lakes with their with their dad or their grandpa or whoever in a John boat with a trolling motor. Like, not some high-dollar boat, mud boat, or anything else. So, I want to go back. We talk about increasing diversity. That's not just talking in race, in my mind. It's also talking in, in exposure. Like, there's people there growing up in inner cities or whatever, urban areas, that aren't exposed to hunting being able to provide them an opportunity, we can't continue to raise the cost on that. This is the cheapest opportunity to duck hunt is public waters, urbanized areas. AJ DeRosa, the, the guy I interviewed over the summer, he wrote urban deer hunting complex. Mm -hmm. He's been hunting deer in urban areas for 15 years. He wrote that book published in like 2010. 
This is not a new concept. Hunting in, in urban areas is not a new concept. Right. Would I prefer to hunt in rural areas? Absolutely, I would. But if you haven't taken a look at the 10-year development plans in Florida, like this is... <sighs> This is either anti-hunting or it's anti-gun. It's one of those two things. I don't. I don't know how else to. I don't know how to get out of that kind of web in my head. So, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, so Travis and he had a little team with him today. Went and made comments before the commission. Um, I will say that I thought you, you and the team represented very well. Very well spoken. Um, I think the commission is willing to learn. Um, I counted like three of the six of them. Uh, with the mayor be included are willing to, to dialogue with us and e eager to actually, I would say eager um, because people did follow up with emails to Travis and thanked him for the information that he sent. He, by the way, people who are patrons of the show, this is what you're paying for, right? Travis spent all day Sunday prepping for this meeting, was able to send email to all the commissioners and say, here are the laws you need to be familiar with. Here are the sign on letters from the last time we orchestrated a fight against RHAs. Uh, podcast you can go listen to. Here's my number. You can call me directly. Please read this before the meeting. Educate yourselves. They didn't, but they did reach out after the meeting and say, I did get your email and I will be following up on this and getting educated. So like, Good actually, job. <laughs> actually, I did. I did get a response from from one commissioner. That was Commissioner Music. Uh huh. Um, he seemed he seemed of of all of them the most reticent to do any kind of restriction on hunting. Uh, I I really appreciate his approach on that. Um, the other one I definitely want to cite is uh, the mayor of Lakeland, yeah. Mayor Mutz. I I don't know where he lands on this issue, but I do want to call this specific thing out. What a kind man for being in a position of leadership. I sent him an email initially as soon as I saw the the ledger article on Saturday and he responded that evening, thoughtfully, carefully worded, offered to set up a meeting with me, connected me with his secretary. Then, and I mentioned that we would be at the commission meeting on Monday. Um, he followed back up with me on Sunday and said, hey, I just wanted to give you the kind of, I'm paraphrasing, the lay of the land. The meeting starts at this time, but we're going to do a lot of housekeeping stuff. You know, I mean, they have to do ordinances and utilities and stoplights and all that other junk. Public comment will happen around this time. If you guys want to show up, you know, he, he was so kind and genuine about wanting to make sure that I was comfortable in that space. And I very much, it, it gives you insight into the character of the person. Like I say, I have no idea where he lands on this issue, but as far as character of the person, I really appreciated. I go to, how many meetings have I been to? Hundreds, a good yeah. hundreds, hundreds. Um, and I've never had a person reach out proactively like that in, in, and that's not being disparaging to anyone else at any of the other meetings, but for him in a position of leadership in a position of quote unquote power to take the time and say, Hey, I'm going to write an email that's thoughtful and well-crafted and lays lays out some of this it was kind it was very very kind yeah and since i'm not kind i will say the thing that you're too nice to say which is like fwc was never that nice to you <laughs> and and you show up and you're very kind to them and you're you know respectfully state your point but like this guy you know is not a, an outdoorsy law person like that's not his day job but he he wanted to make sure that he supported you as much as he could going into that day and i thought that was so cool yeah okay i'll walk that back i'll see fwc has been kind to me i just yeah kindish <laughs> there are some kind people at fwc <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, anyway, I, I don't want to turn this into a bash of any anybody. I, but I am, I am very frustrated about this situation. I'm very frustrated that I think we're in this situation, either intentionally or neglectfully, mm-hmm. and we could have avoided it, and we still can avoid it. If someone will just stand up and do the right thing, my God, FWC, what do we have to do? I, you you have been given this power. Yeah. You've been granted this authority by the constitution of the state of Florida that you govern hunting and fishing on these waters. I know there's got to be somebody in there that has the backbone to do it. Uh, yeah. I just hope they will. Uh, same. I hope they will too. Um, I'm, I'm optimistic like that they will work, that they will work with us to do the thing that they already have the power to do. That feels bizarre to say, but yeah, cause I, it's I'm, ridiculous. I'm optimistic that they will do the thing that they already have the power to do and not compromise away hunting which they've been entrusted to protect. Right. <laughs> That's the silly thing on this, right? The other the other side of this is, okay, well, let's let's put a buffer on the housing side. Let's have them move their houses. Like, no, no one would even consider that. Like, that's stupid to say. Let's stop all development on lakefront property. Sure. Let's do that. FWC will say, well, we don't have that power. Da-doy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why this matters so much. This is why this matters so much. So anyway, I, I, I digress. I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. Thank you to everyone that supported us. Thank you to everyone that took time off to show up. That was a big deal. Peter Akiri drove from Tampa. Andrew Spicer was. I in- love Peter Akiri. Did- I will follow that man anywhere. Peter, Peter Akiri is who I want to be when He's I He's a up. Travis level dude. And I, I, I really don't say that. way above Travis. Like, he's, like dude, he's- when that dude walks up to a microphone, he just owns the room yeah it, love me some peter and he he crushed his comments talking about you know we would like to go hunt where people don't have houses oh my gosh it, it, what a fantastic dude andrew spicer was there andrew was one of the hunters andrew did a great job too he did a fantastic job it was his first time ever speaking in public really he drove up from highlands county he's he, he was down working in highlands county and he he called pete and he's like dude i feel like i should be there which yes that's how you should feel anybody had that feeling and didn't come yeah listen here's what i'm gonna say i know people have jobs no 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 let me just say it i know people have jobs but here's the thing take your pto and come to these meetings otherwise you're gonna get back 60 mornings a year (laughs) where you don't have to do anything with duck hunting okay i'll let you say that that the other person I wanted to call out that showed up, Jake, Jake Shara, Jacob Shara, who's become really a good friend and like him and his wife, Amanda, we've known them for a while and we don't really know them, know them, but kind of know them through social media and they came to the live show. Yeah. But Jake drove over and he was, he did not speak, but I feel like, and I didn't ask him this, but I feel like Jake came in the room because if this got out of hand, he would have spoken. Like if, if this became a balance <laughs> issue, he would have. Um. Anyway, I, I appreciate those guys showing up and, and, so many people have taken days off to show up on, on this issue over time. Like, I, I don't want to sound like we're guilt tripping anybody, but this is a big deal. It's an important thing. Um, also, I wanted to take a minute and think like Cyrus Baird for Delta waterfowl. He did a whole story about this today. Um, these are guys that are in the trenches with us. National shooting sports is watching this unfold. Like they are watching this with a close eye. Congressional sportsmen's watching it. Uh, uh, American daughters of conservation. Like that's our local ladies here in Florida that have always had our back uh, safari club. Like, so many organizations are watching this unfold 
And it doesn't take much of a leap for me to make this about one of two things, hunting or guns. So I'll, I'm done. I'm right. done. I'm out. Um, just a couple couple reminders as we close out this episode. Um, go to the Facebook group so that you can find the link to the commission meeting. You can watch us continue this discussion because it will continue for weeks, I'm sure, <laughs> as it always does. Um, you can visit us online at castandblastfl.com. Find out how to become a patron if you want to support our cause. Um, you can also buy hats on sale there. Um, if you do come to the Facebook group, make sure you're there for Super Bowl because it's going to be really, really fun. Yeah, generally we like to have a lot more fun in this kind of stuff, but man, this weekend was not a fun weekend. Oh my God, not even Although 24 we, hours outside of duck season. We did find an accidental carnival. We did. We went, we... <laughs> we're driving... I can't believe we're telling this story in this podcast, but this it? will leave everyone with a happy note, right? We were going to Chick-fil-A. On it was a Saturday, <laughs> going to Chick-fil-A. Yeah, and we wrote a song about it. And we happened to look over in Eagle Lake in Polk County, Florida. We looked over in Eagle Lake and there's a festival carnival going on. And I'm like, that looks like a place that would have and funnel we didn't cakes. didn't know what it was. So we drove around there to it and there was no admission. You could just walk in. It was just on the side of the road. There was a festival carnival there with like, I don't know. It was maybe within a hundred yards from beginning to end. It had like all the little kid rides. The lady that owns the the storage container place puts it on twice a year. Yeah. She said Lego land's too expensive. So I just do this little carnival for the community, which is incredible. <laughs> How like, sweet. But they had, they had a pizza stand. They had a Philly cheese steak stand. They had a corn dog stand. And then they had a funnel cake stand. We call those the big four, the big four. That's what we call them. Um, we visited both the corn dog stand and the funnel cake stand instead of going to Chick-fil-A. And it was the best choice we've ever made. It was just a very exciting night. Yeah, it was nice and cold out. So it was like very unexpected. Fair, but we walked around the entire loop of all the rides in about four minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was so little. <laughs> <laughs> but it was incredible. Anyway, it was the accidental carnival. Thank you guys. So <laughs> that should be the title of our lives. The accidental, car really, accidental carnival. It really did. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for sharing part of your day with us. We hope you all have a great week and stay woke. Sweat.